Welcome to the Movie Journey Podcast, where we break down every film from the IMDb Top 250 list, giving our own thoughts and reviews and any general discussion along the way. My name is Daniel Henderson, and if I knew three years ago we'd be breaking down Battlefield Earth today, I would have quit this podcast after two years and 51 weeks. And I'm Dean Jeffrey, and oh my god, why am I watching this again? And today for our three-year podcast anniversary, we are breaking down Battlefield Earth. Battlefield Earth, released in 2000, written by L. Ron Hubbard, directed by Roger Christian. Christian, do you reckon they realised? What? Well, it's a, you know, heavily religious film directed by a guy named Christian. I don't think that uh, John Scientologist was available for, to direct this film. <laughs> Imagine if someone was named John Scientologist. I'm sure there's actually people in the Scientology cult that have changed their name to Scientologist. Is it called a cult? Like, would you call, you know, Catholicism a cult? I think the Scientologists don't call it a cult. But you do? I mean, I don't know enough about it. Well, you just called it a cult. I think you're being very uh, judgmental of our um, all of our Scientologist listeners. Well, none of them are going to be listening to us after we break down this Scientology film, aren't we? Are you saying that no Scientologist has good taste in films? <laughs> I mean, you said it. <laughs> I'm just, you know, interpreting what your your words mean, Hendo, which is a full-time job. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's the year 3000 AD, and the Earth is lost to the alien race of Cyclos. Cyclos, Hendo! <laughs> what? What do you got first? What a, go what on, a stupid go. name for a race of aliens. Apparently, it was a combination of psychiatrists and psychologists. Oh, wow, really? That's terrible. Well, I think I think the people who, you know, wrote this, or at least rewrote it, did not like getting their own head examined, clearly. Oh, man. Humanity is enslaved by these gold-thirsty tyrants who are unaware that they're- What do they want all this gold for? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. What is the point of the gold? What is the point of this movie? It doesn't make sense. They're unaware that their man-animals are about to ignite the rebellion of a lifetime. Starring John Travolta, of course, Barry Pepper, Forrest Whitaker, Kim Coates, and Sabine Carcenti. I mean, it's it's starring those three people that you've heard of. What, you haven't heard of Kim Coates? Oh, is he the anarchy guy? Yeah. Ah, oh, nice. Tig. Nice. Tig. He's, yeah. he's good. And he plays a ooh, ooh, ooh in this film. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I, I, don't, I don't get it. Like, are they monkeys? Is this Planet of the Apes? Planet of the man-animals. <laughs> These primate humans who speak like ooh, 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 and then immediately speak perfect English. Doesn't make sense. Like, if they can speak English, why are they going ooh, ooh, to communicate? Even, even our genius hero, Johnny B. Good, is like, he, <laughs> after being able to speak English, learning this stupid language, he still communicates with oofs later on. This breakdown is going to be all over the joint. <laughs> It is only fitting, Hendo. Now, you just, you literally just finished the film, yeah? Yes. I started watching it last night, which was dumb, because I should have known there's no way this film could keep me up. And then I finished it today, about half an hour ago. Oh, so your takes are going to be super, super fresh, aren't they? I mean, I've seen this film three times now, Hendo. Three times? I saw it at the cinemas, and then I, I feel like I saw it this year, or at least, or at least oh, last year. Oh, no, that's right. That's right. You, last year for our patron two-year anniversary, we did mini Pod V Pods, and you lost one where you had to watch Battlefield Earth. Why? Well, you're terrible at movie trivia. I mean, I've beaten you a lot. That's not saying much. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, nah. So, I've seen this film three times now. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. But, more importantly, this is your first time viewing Hendo. How did you manage to avoid this? I just want to say a big thank you to all you assholes out there who picked this for our tournament of the 64 films from the IMDb Bottom 100. We hand-selected for you, gave you some good little nuggets out there that we could potentially enjoy. And no, you uh, threw it back in our face with Battlefield Earth. Big, big shout-out slash go fuck yourself to Mr. Nicholas Haskins and Brad Hargis from The Cinema Guys for your consistent pressure and pushing to get this film over the edge from the word go you sons of bitches it's just cruel it went beyond funny into cruelty because i never thought this was gonna be my <laughs> good on you guys yeah we'll get to like maybe 16 oh no 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 it took out it took out some heavy hitters along the way like catwoman <laughs> and cats 
Cats, which you still have to watch, Hendo. Yeah, all right. I can, I can only deal with one terrible movie every, you know, six months. <laughs> <laughs> so, music by Elia Crimeral, Serimeral, something like that. Who is who is criminally underrated. Well done. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest film on their filmography I saw was Ronan. Ronan. Is that the Robert De Niro film? Yes. I never yep. saw that. Oh, really? It's pretty good. Hmm. Cinematography by Giles N- <laughs> Giles Nutkins. Nutkins? Sure it's not Giles? Could be Giles. Who the hell goes by Giles? Giles Gillies. <laughs> uh, biggest claim to fame for him, he was a cinematographer for Hell or High Water. What? Yeah. How's that happen? <laughs> Maybe he got better in the last 15 years. Maybe he realized what he was in for with Battlefield Earth and learned from his mistakes. This is a peculiar story of growth, Hendo. <laughs> you got to be right at the bottom to rise to the top. <laughs> uh. So when the book was first written back in the early 80s, John Travolta wanted to make the movie then and star as Johnny Goodboy, the young hero. However, he could not get any investors to back him because the project was associated with Scientology. So by the time the movie was made, he was too old to play the part of the hero, and instead he opted to play Turl, the villain, Turl. AKA, one of the worst villains I've ever seen in my life. AKA, Travolta in all of my notes. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've got Travolta too. I even wrote Trav at some point. Isn't, isn't uh, Forrest Whitaker's name like Curl or something? Yeah, uh, yeah, Kerr, I think it is. Like, you got Turl and Kerr. Like, this, is, this is just some genius screenplay right here. It's like, hey, what do we name these guys? Kerr. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, as you could guess, Forrest Whitaker expressed regret for participating in this movie. So, is everyone involved a Scientologist? I don't know. I don't know if Barry Pepper is. Is Forrest Whitaker? I don't know. Who knows? Aren't hmm. science, isn't like the Church of Scientology like super rich? Isn't there one of their whole mantras like, hey, rich, famous people, give us all your money? I think so. I real, Honestly, I really don't know a lot about Scientology. I guess it's one thing to take the money, but it's a different thing to, <laughs> you know, use it to invest in someone else's, yeah, joys. Did you see who John Travolta initially offered the director's role to? I mean, if it was me and I'm a, a younger Travolta, you know, just making my way in the 90s and... Was it 90s or was it 80s? 2000. 2000. This is 2000. I mean, it was Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> Yes, it was Quentin Tarantino. Uh, he he definitely declined. But they saw that script and like, get the fuck out of my office. Would he have even read it? Oh, actually, they were buds. They were Pulp Fiction buds, weren't they? Okay. Yeah. So there they would have been a conversation. He probably read the first like couple of pages and like, nah, not doing it. I mean, when was the last time he directed something that he didn't write? Never. Jackie Brown. Except for Jackie Brown, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if you noticed, Dean, but almost every shot in this film is a Dutch angle. Uh. Actually, I didn't. I was... So it's funny. Like, I was so bored. I actually started watching this film whilst laying down on the couch with a cushion. So it actually looked straight to me. It was was the strangest experience. Um, No, I did notice. And it's it's in a film with so much bad, it is one of the worst things about this film is how annoying these Dutch angles are. Roger Christian said he wanted it. He wanted to do that because he wanted the film to look more like a comic book. Clearly, he's never read a comic book. I th- is it because like some of those panels have like the 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 corners cut out a little bit sometimes when it's trying to show a bit of you know emotion? Clearly, you've never read a comic book, Hendo. <laughs> I mean, that sounded pretty what convincing to me. <laughs> you cut the corners out to show some emotion. What? I don't know. When someone gets angry, you know how they're getting really close. Like, stay away from my comics. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, just, why are all these the corners cut? Oh, it was an emotional yeah. scene. <laughs> Yeah, had to cut out the corners there. All right, this was released in America on the 10th of May in 2000 with a runtime of 118 minutes. My God. Yeah, I I fell asleep. So, do you ever fall asleep and then wake up and have no recollection that you've actually been sleeping? Yep, all the time. Okay, well, this happened to me last night, okay? And for some reason, my player is set up so that when a movie finishes... It starts again. So, I've fallen asleep in this garbage about 40 minutes in, and I've woken up about 30 minutes in, (laughs) and I'm watching it, and it's taken me a few minutes to be like, do I really think I've seen this? (laughs) I checked the time, and I was like, oh my God, it's after midnight. (laughs) Turning this off. That would have been epic if you woke up at the exact point you fell asleep in the movie and just continued to watch it, not realizing that it was past midnight. pretty close. (laughs) All right. Tagline. T- 
Take Back the Planet. Sounds like an environmental film. Sounds like that could be a tagline for a Captain Planet film. Oh, I'd watch a Captain Planet film. Now, Hendo. Yes. I don't think you would. I think I would. I think. I mean, I watched like I think I watched like forty DC animated films. I think I could stomach a Captain Planet film. I mean, I guess. Who would you cast as the titular captain? I mean, don't you always just go for the Rock? Personally, I would go for Barkad Abdi. And why is that, Dean? Because he's the captain now. <laughs> <laughs> that was totally worth me waiting for you to go look up who that was from Captain Phillips. What do you mean? I had that off the top of my head. <laughs> All right, budget supposedly. $73 million. Can I just say, I had forgotten the name of that film, Captain Phillips, so I actually had to look up Tom Hanks, and it's not one of his top four known for, so I had to scroll through until I found the ship one. I was like, ah, oh, Captain Phillips, there it is. Google. Uh, can you please Google Tom Hanks, I'm the captain now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, $73 million budget for this film, and worldwide grossed $30 million. Ooh. Okay, I read a fair bit of trivia um, earlier whilst I was watching this film. And apparently the budget was up around that $100 million mark, but once studios backed out, once they realised what it was turning into because the Dr. Scientologist wanted to make it more Scientology, well, more true to the source material, it actually got cut. I, I read that it actually got cut the budget down to about $44 million. You are correct, Dean. And here's an interesting story. The investors, who were known as Entertainment, they sued the producer, Franchise Pictures, for fraud because Franchise Pictures claimed that the budget was $75 million instead of the actual budget of $44 million. And Franchise was ordered by the court to pay Entertainment $121 million in damages and went bankrupt because of it. I mean, I don't know about you, but if I owed someone $120 million, I'd go bankrupt too. It's, it was incredibly stupid what they did. Yeah, I mean, it's a cult as you would put it, Hendo. And apparently Entertainment only financed this supposed film because it came as a package deal with two other films, The Art of War and The Whole Nine Yards. So these three films were the only films that franchise pictures ever made. Whole Nine Yards isn't bad. I mean, it's it's fine at best. It's, it's not as funny as this film. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're different kinds of funny. The Art of War is very forgettable, though. I've definitely seen it. I just don't remember it. So... Johnny Travolta, hey? His contract had him take a large upfront pay cut from his usual fee to around $10 million with incentives that he would have paid him about $15 million more when and if the movie met standards at the North American box office, which obviously didn't. Mm, spewing. He was very, very passionate about this project. He took that pay cut because of that. He was very invested in this film. He referred to this film as, like Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope, but better. <laughs> he even called it the Schindler's List of science fiction films. Wow. He is delusional. And even still, despite the film's critical failure, John Travolta still goes out and publicly defends this film. He even said that if they were to make it again, he would do it. I'm surprised he's able to even go out in public. Well, this guy doesn't really have a good mindset. I mean, he's gone on and done like Gotti and The Fanatic. This guy doesn't have a good idea of what constitutes a good film. He's been in some good ones, though, Endo. I mean, what was the last one he was in that was good? The O.J. Simpson one. Was he good in that? No, it was terrible. And that, and that was a TV series. Was it? Didn't Was that the one that some people classed as a movie? No, that was the actual OJ documentary. I don't know. They, they all get... They, they should not have been released at the same time. So the original plans did call for a sequel to be produced, which would have been based on the second half of the novel by Aaron Hubbard. But obviously these plans were scrapped due to poor critical and public reaction. But get this, Dean. This film won awards. Many, many Razzies. Razzies. So that year... In 2000 or 2001 at that point, this film won the Razzie for Worst Screenplay, Worst Director, Worst Supporting Actress for Kelly Preston in her one standout scene, Worst Supporting Actor for Barry Pepper, who said had he known he won that award, he would have gone and accepted it. Funny enough, Forrest Whitaker was also nominated for Worst Supporting Actor. There was Worst Actor for John Travolta, Worst Screen Couple for John Travolta with anyone sharing the screen with him, and Worst Picture. Well, there you go. Can I just say, the last film that Travolta was in that scored above a seven on IMDb was in 2004, A Love Song for Bobby Long. I haven't even heard of it. Really? Yeah. Have you seen it? Yeah, I have. Good. I mean, it's okay. I think the last film yeah. that he was in that I actually like was 2001 Swordfish. Ah, oh, yeah. Swordfish, cult classic, love it. 
But in 2010s, it came back to the Razzies for the Worst Films of the Year, Worst Films of the Decade awards that they got there. Don Travolta was nominated for Worst Actor of the Decade, which he lost to Eddie Murphy. But this won the Razzie for Worst Picture of the Decade. I mean, he must, he must know it's a terrible film. No, still thinks it's good. It's crazy. In fact, the first screenwriter of this movie, J.D. Shapiro, who ended up leaving the, Shapiro. the project because- yeah, there's an OJ time. Yep. He left the he left the project after he made his first screenplay, and then John Travolta went and changed everything. So he's like, "Well, I'm I'm getting away from this." He openly apologized for the film, and even personally accepted the Razzie for worst movie of the decade. He stated in a New York Post article that the only time I saw the movie was at the premiere, which was one too many times. Looking back at the movie with fresh eyes, I can't help but be strangely proud of it because out of all of the sucky movies, mine is the suckiest. I mean, at least. You know, he's still being talked about to this day. Well, he wanted to take his name off the project, but his agent uh, told him not to because he thought there might be some good money involved in this, which there wasn't. (laughs) Uh, No. I mean, they really had set this up for like a franchise. They had like action figures and mugs and sequels set up, animated series. There was going to be an animated series for this. If this did well, you would have had a Battlefield Earth animated series. I mean, it's not surprising. It it does... (laughs) I mean, half of this film feels or looks animated. <laughs> Poorly animated. <laughs> All right, Dean, scores. What do you reckon? Critics or audience? Audience? Yes, audience have it at 12% and the critics have it at 3 Yeah. Yeah. Metacritic have it at a 9. Letterboxd have it at 1.1. And IMDb currently have it at 2.5, over 76,000 ratings, putting it at number 16 on the IMDb bottom 100. Wow, that's very high. <laughs> Do you mean high like high to the number one yes, spot? High or to the high number like one. it's I thought you're saying it's it's really high like it should be lower. <laughs> well that too. Alright, Dean, let's get into breaking down this abomination. These humans at the start here. Oh no, wait, wait, wait. Let's let's talk about the uh the opening Star Wars scroll. Can I, mm, So I didn't read this. I didn't either. I think it was in German. <laughs> if I'm being honest. Um, yeah, mine was in German too. <laughs> I'm like, I think I got the gist of it. Uh, I think there's something wrong with my DVD here. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, it was one of the only times where I saw something like this and made no effort to fix it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, eh, that's fine. Maybe it's here where they said the importance of gold for the cyclos. Well, I just read the IMDb plot summary, so I knew there was some sort of gold involved. Hmm. Yeah, so if we didn't know already, or we weren't going to be shown that humans were near extinct, we do get the title that come up, humans are near extinct, or near finishing their civilization. Like, wow, you, you couldn't even have a character say something about it. Instead, just, just put it up there on the screen for us. Yeah, it's funny, because there's a few times in this film where the characters literally just repeat back what someone else has said, so the audience can work out what's going on clearer. And this is one of the few times where I was very thankful for it. <laughs> <laughs> this film is just overly complicated. There's so much in this movie that just doesn't need to be there. No. This could have been an hour-long movie if you're just looking at the central premise of the film. If you just didn't have any slow-mo scenes. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, we'll get we'll get to the slow-mos. Well, oh, let's get to it now. Jesus. I mean, you know, Johnny comes back with medicine and the guy's like, uh, the, your father's already dead. Slow-motion dramatic crying. Bang. That that's that screaming like he he does it doesn't match what he's doing. He doesn't scream on that on that slow mo move. That's put in post production. It looked ridiculous. Really? <laughs> yeah. But but these but, but they listen these, these humans here. They're obviously they're, they're scared of these apparent monsters, right? Demons. So they yeah they have these big giant gates that they close up. They could just climb up around the mountains. Like, what is the point of this massive gate when you can just easily go over the mountains down the side? It's like this gate is, like, you know, wide enough to cover this little crevice, but then everything else around it isn't even covered. Yeah, plus they have spaceships. Yes. Yep. Yep. Not sure what a fence will do there. Are they actually talking about the Cyclos here? Because later on, Barry Pepper, when he sees the mini-golf character creatures, he thinks it's them. Yeah. But- because the drawings they've written down, they've, the drawings they've done are those. Or of the dinosaur or the dragon. No, it was a dinosaur, wasn't it? Yeah. Which, by the way, is ridiculous because when he leaves to go search for whatever, how long has he gone for? Like less than a day, and he finally and he sh- and he f- he rocks up to these things. Like, have these people not ventured out for more than like 
like less what less than twelve hours to go search for shit. Why are you saying it's only one day? I mean, he hasn't gone on for very long. How would you know? Because they would have told us. It felt like a long time. <laughs> well, when it's going in slow motion, it feels like much longer. <gasps> uh. Oh, here's the first sw- uh, the wipe cut the the, the cut. From in the middle out to the sides. What, what do you mean? What do you mean? What do I mean? Are you, are you saying there was more than one? <laughs> I, I when I saw that, I'm like, what year did this come out? 2000. Ah, oh, one year after Phantom Menace. I see what we're doing here. I mean, it was the guy who directed this was the assistant director on a Phantom Menace. He's like, yeah, yeah, let's do that. That that worked really well in Phantom Menace. It, Except let's do it a little bit more fancy. It felt like someone in primary school who just learned how to use PowerPoint and have the letters come up. Like one at a time with lasers, like yeah. He's like, oh, this trick's awesome. So, hey, 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 guy, why don't we um do some different transitions? No, I like this transition, and this is what we'll do for every single scene. <laughs> Before we move on, though, uh, this old guy, when they're talking about the demons and stuff, he really does want to hammer home the point that the gods have left us because man was bad, and now they must dedicate their lives to being good so that one day the gods can come back. I was like, fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Stop preaching this Scientology bullshit to me. How weird is Barry Pepper's little dance about the monsters kicking up the sand and spinning around? That was a little weird. Not the weirdest thing in the film. It was not in the top 100 (laughs) weird things in this film, Endo. (laughs) Yeah, so Barry Pepper leaves his missus, who we've really got a strong relationship between these two so far, haven't we? Yes, she is a woman. One of... Two women in this film? I think this would fail the Bechtel test, Endo. I think this was the reason the Bechtel <laughs> test was made. Is the character's name Bechtel? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's out searching for, you know, mini golf characters and up shows Tig. <laughs> yes, finds Tig. And man, this seems ridiculous. What are they standing there with each other with spears like, oh, oh, You speak English? I know. Why are you making monkey noises? <laughs> Oh, it is ridiculous. Like they say, they say this has been a thousand years since the cyclos have, you know, taken over and the humans have gone back to primitive nature and all that. Which we'll get to that once we get to you know the thousand years thing. Like the whole thing just falls apart even worse. But obviously they can speak English properly. It's like they, they this film tries to have its cake and eat it too. Like yeah, we want to be primitive, but we can still do everything we used to from a thousand years ago and more. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, we get some trade happening. Johnny gives him a rabbit to see the gods. Kind of bullshit. Yeah. They're just statues. (laughs) They talk about the statues. I I at least didn't mind that they tried to play- The McDonald's reference? (laughs) Yeah. Like, I didn't even realize- I I was thinking- are they talking about McDonald's? <laughs> yeah, golden arches. What else could yeah, it be? You walk through the golden arches and food magically appears. And I'm like, I think that's McDonald's. Wow. That's that's very clever of you there, Hendo. Thank you. Thank you. They should have put up a you know text at the bottom. They are talking about McDonald's. <laughs> so I thought this was this was uh, Travolta that showed up shooting everyone. How good's a reveal of our first cyclos though? First off, the CGI in this film, we'll get to worse parts, but what is this little laser thing? This this green line that just this tiny little thing that flies across the screen all the time. It's terrible. It is. I thought it was very inconsistent as well. Like, sometimes when it hit yes. things, it, like, blasted oh. them away. And sometimes it would yeah. hit a sign and just, like, disintegrate part of the sign. And here it hits a person and he falls back a meter. <laughs> so, yeah. So, they, so it hits Tig, right? And he goes flying back. And I'm like, well, that's the end of him. Yeah, I thought he was dead. And then Barry Pepper whistles for his horse and it's just there. Just runs around the corner. Like out of nowhere, like he was just waiting for him to whistle. Yes. And he gets and that gets taken out with a little, you know, line laser. And then the other bloke gets killed, apparently, because we don't see that guy again. But Tig survives. He's all good. He gets back up. It's like it's a stun gun, except for the one guy who died. Yeah. I mean, they it, it literally can be a stun gun. You know, they have that dial. It literally shoots Barry Pepper in the back, and you get a five-minute scene of him slow-mo crashing through glass. Oh, how good was the glass? I was like, how many panes of glass is it going to fall through? (laughs) (laughs) It's probably just the one pane that have just edited it over and over. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. i got to say, this whole movie looks fucking gross. Oh, it's disgusting. It's so cheap. Yeah. And so blue. So blue. Turn off the blue filter. Actually, it's funny. In one of the transitions, the blue like drops out before the entire shot's out. It was really weird. Like you see a natural <laughs> lot lit, a naturally lit Forest Whitaker in one of them. And it's like, oh my God. 
<laughs> you want to talk about slow mo as well? Like, I'll, like no. I'll just uh, get close. No, the last time I mentioned because it's so it, like there's obviously there's so much slow mo in this film. At towards the end, when and when all the shit is falling down from the dome and crashing everywhere, there is a shot because the whole thing when every time something falls from the top of the dome, it's all slow mo for that you know, entire ten minute run. Yep. There's a shot of the debris falling from the sky in slow mo, yet in the front are people who are trying to duck from it in real time. <laughs> oh, actually, I did. I did remember that. Yeah, that looked very yeah. odd. It looked like it was floating, like someone was this- like holding a, a, a something on a string and just slowly putting it down. Yep. It was very odd. I mean, why do they have to wear these stupid nose things? They look... Who, who approved this? Who saw this design and said, yep, yeah, that's a winner. We need that in, in our movie. All right, let's talk about the design of these cyclos here. They look laughably bad. Their stilts that they're all walking on... Oh, my God. ...are just awkward. Like, you see them walking. At one point, they mention that... The, one of the humans, I think it was Tig, says, oh, they're coming in fast. No, it wasn't Tig. It was the blonde guy who's up above watching down. He's like, oh, we've got these people coming in fast. And you see them, like, doing their slow yeah. on stilts walk. I was like, what are they? What are, what are these, Ents? Yep. And even the hands, like John Travolta, sometimes he has six fingers. Did you notice that? No, I didn't. I wasn't paying that much attention. There are shots where you can see a rubber finger on the side of his glove thing that he has on. And then I saw it and I was like, gee, that's weird. And then I looked at the next one and he clearly has five. And in the trivia, it actually says, yeah, there are times when he has six fingers. Man, lazy. And the hair. The hair's ridiculous too. If they're doing something where they want to show how tall they are in comparison to the humans, which does not work when you get up and closer. When when they're fighting... These humans can just take these things down like nothing. These these are supposed to be giant alien creatures, you know, compared to humans. Yet there are times a human just runs and jumps on them and they just fall down like it's nothing. Yeah. The design sucks. Do what they did with Buddy Lord of the Rings. Have the have the like how you're Gandalf who's super tall against yeah. the, the you know the hobbits. Force perspective. Yeah. Just do a little bit of that. And put him on fucking stilts and walk them around. No wonder he bumps his head on the ceiling like Gandalf. Oh, this came up before Lord of the Rings. Do you think Peter Jackson saw this film? Like, I'm going to put that gag in my film. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he saw this film and then, you know, had to make a few calls and cancel all of the stilts he'd ordered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guys, guys, doesn't work. We need to we need to do something different here. How ridiculous are these nose things that they have to wear? Yeah. What's the point of them? Uh, so they can breathe because apparently they can't breathe the poison air or something. But is that why they have a dome? I think. Can they breathe normally in the dome? I think so because isn't that the reason why they're trying to blow up the dome? I think so. I think that that's what I was getting from this dome. I don't know. There's points where they're not wearing them and there's points where there are. I like. Uh, there's so much complications in these films that don't need to be there. Yeah. When, when did you realise that when they're speaking English, they're not speaking English? Uh, so I actually started questioning it when he was speaking at Johnny as though Johnny couldn't understand him. Yeah. And I was like, why is he acting like he's not speaking English? And then when he does the learning thing, it all made sense. I think it was the same point too. When they kill those two other aliens and Barry Pepper's like against the K, like the, the steel bars and they're talking about, hey, let's send him on a, a mission and see what he wants to eat. I think that's where yes, I thought, yes. okay, he, he like, clearly can't understand what they're saying. Why can't he just ask him? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How ridiculous is this scene around this table where they're all talking about oh, this home office stuff where the he's home been office, on this- You've got the guy with the massive fat chins and you've got this yeah. weird other old guy. This is my- Excellent! You know, I had about three of these that really stood out in this film, but this initial one here where they they make fun of him and they all start laughing and then it just keeps cutting back and yes. forth to yes. their faces forever. And- this, honestly- I'm not doing it because you did it, but that that is what sealed the deal. Excellent! And by that, we mean that this is actually our worst scene of the film. Yeah, obviously. We're doing, you know, the worst scene of Battlefield Earth, which is a big call. But the way they were like, he hears the audio, like what they're saying again. Oh, you see the slow over mo- and over. This is the scene I woke up to, and I watched it twice. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. God, this is trash. And I made a note, like, possible worst scene, question mark. I think it is. With endless options for renew. With endless options for renew. With endless options for renew. (laughs) 
it's so bad how it's just just constant cutting back and forth to all of them just staring like smiling at each other. So like, and nothing happens. Yeah, doesn't make sense. It's like why are you doing this? And then it ends up with a cut to where he's walking outside, and it has something to do with he he fooled around with the senator's daughter yeah, or something. Was that what it was? They threw that line in, like yeah, he did something with a senator's daughter, and it's like what? Like, way to have awesome storytelling. Like, you just throw that in at the end, it means absolutely nothing. It makes no sense. <laughs> it's just like, nah, you won't be getting this promotion. You'll be doing another five cycles. And they're all laughing like, haha, good one. And he's like, nah, actually, you'll be doing 50, 50, 50, 50. <laughs> it's so funny. See, I think the problem, one of the big problems with this film is, is John Travolta is supposed to be this villain of this film. Uh, but the fact is, everything he does is terrible and stupid and idiotic and wrong. But they give him these stories like he's trying to get off this planet like we were supposed to care. Like he's trying to mine for all this gold. Like you said, why? What does he plan to do with this? Why do they need the gold? Like, well, It doesn't make any sense no what idea. they want to do with it. And like, you look at, you look at the planet Cyclo, their home planet, it's not like they're building mansions. It looks the same no. as Earth. It's trash. I know. It looks terrible. Anyway, him drinking his sorrows at this bar. These are aliens, and they really try to make them kind of like humans. They're around the bar. They, you know, I'll put it on my tab. I'm like, what is this? Are you supposed to be like mm. villainous aliens, like menacing? I tell you, John Travolta, man, his acting is absolutely, absolutely atrocious in this film. This here... I was being trained to conquer galaxies. Like, what is that? That is one of the worst line readings I've ever heard in my life. While you were still learning how to spell your name, I was being trained to conquer galaxies. Yeah, no, he's, he's terrible. He's, he's definitely the worst performance in this as well. You can see Forrest Whitaker just looking at the screen like he could, he he easily could have just done a Jim Halpert in every scene, just stared at the screen like stared at the yeah stared at us like why am I here? Yeah. What am I doing? Yeah. Another massive tacked on part of this movie is this whole back and forth between Travolta and Whitaker in regards the to them trying to set set each other leverage. up. Like, it's would, all about leverage, Hendo. Leverage for what? <laughs> It's terrible. Like, you can lump all of these scenes into each other right now. Let's talk about it. Like, John Travolta always seems to have the upper hand. If I was in the room with Travolta every single time, I'd be keeping a... I wouldn't be saying a fucking word. You know what he's going to do. Yeah. No, it's... I mean, it's... What do you say? Like, Forrest Whitaker, he gets played this first time here. But then... I don't know. Like, it's it's terrible. Like, he's sort of like... He's like, wait, what I didn't understand is after John Travolta recorded him saying this stuff and then Travolta tells him, I've recorded you and I've recorded me chastising you for it, he's okay with it. It's like, oh, this is part of your training, you know, you you should not do that. It's like, what? All of this doesn't make these people super evil, super villainous, which is what they really should be. Like, we side with the humans in this film. We should be like, yeah, fuck these guys, but they're... Is it there so that we feel a little sympathetic to Forrest Whitaker because he turns out to be, you know, all right at the end? Very nice. And I thought he was dead at some point as well. Like, when he finally gets the blackmail on Travolta and he's like, oh, I've I've filmed this and I've given a secret copy to someone. And Travolta just happens to have that bloke's head in an esky or something. Yeah. Like, how did he know that he was going to start this conversation? It's not like he walked yeah. in with an esky either. <laughs> Like, how do you know they were going to talk about that right now? It's it's ludicrous. It is ludicrous. And then he shoots Whitaker, shoots him in the hand, and just disappears. And he has no reaction to it. Yeah, there's no pain. And then the scene just ends. Yeah. The scene ends. And you don't see Whitaker until the final scene of the movie again. I was like, oh, he must have killed him. Because yeah. that's probably what you would do. Yeah. Why did he shoot his hand off? I don't know. And even Whitaker's reaction to it. Actually, they talk about shooting limbs off a lot in this film. He shoots all the deer's limbs off. He gets his arm shot off. It's weird. But there's no reaction to him ever. Do you remember that deer shooting scene? The cows. Oh, were they cows? Yeah. Is it the one where he's doing like, he's trying to do, he's he's doing the gun behind (laughs) his back. Look how good I am. He's like the Joker in Batman. Yeah. Seriously, they they should have just killed Barry Pepper. He is such a nuisance to them. All he does is try to escape, and he kills some of them. He escapes multiple times. You know, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna teach him everything that we can. Yeah. We're gonna make him super smart, and then he's gonna do what we want. Are you are you fucking stupid? Yeah, it makes no sense. But their plan here is right. We need to get uh, Barry Pepper to do what we want. We need leverage over him. 
Now, what do these simple-minded things want? They want food. So let's unleash him out into the wild with secret button cameras on him. This whole thing is awful. They're in a place with no source of food. He picks up a rat and it's like, ah, of all the options, he's chosen rat. It's been three days out on their own with no food, no survival, in the snow, in the ice. They're dead. Yeah. It's ridiculous. What is the point of this? Just before this, they're actually like, it's like what we mentioned. They're standing there talking to each other about what we should do. You could easily just get him there now and take him in. You got to have this extra 20 minute long thing of them going out and searching for shit. It is, it's so bad. It's so boring. It's ad nauseum. It's, and, and it's so funny. They're like, oh, he must like rat. And it must be uncooked rat. He must love that. And Whitaker's all over. Uh, maybe it's because it's the only thing that's there. Oh. Don't be stupid. <laughs> Are we supposed to think Travolta is an idiot in this film? Uh, yes. Yeah, every plan he has fails miserably. He's not an intelligent villain. Nothing ever succeeds for him. But he seems to get the drop on Whitaker every single time. Like he, like the, the thing with the bartender's head. He knows exactly what's going on. He mm. was trained to conquer galaxies. I was being trained to conquer galaxies. So you know what we're going to do with this with this Barry Pepper character, who's clearly a nuisance to you? Um, I think one of the other films that the director saw at this time was The Matrix. Why? Oh, because we have the scene where they're sh- he's running through the, uh, I don't know, building and they're firing no, at him. No, 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 not even that. We're talking about the point where they strap Barry Pepper into the seat and make him learn Kung Fu. <laughs> I know Kung Fu. He may as well have said it. (laughs) Okay, yeah, it's definitely Matrix-inspired scenes in this film. Uh, But yeah, the the whole we need to teach him everything is so dumb. And if It's It's not even just that. Hang on, it's not even just that. It's first off, they've got the rest of these, oh man, what does he call them? Man animals. Yeah. Into this room to basically take down this ceiling because he bumped his head on it. Like, it could be a load-bearing ceiling, for all we know, you know? He could, they could take down that ceiling and the whole thing comes down on them. A load-bearing ceiling? Yes, or a load-bearing, what is it, wall, arch, bracket, whatever's up there. I think someone needs to sit in the learning chair there, Hendo. <laughs> I would love to sit in that learning chair. They put him in this chair, turn the thing on, and then leave the room. Let them all just go there by themselves. What do you think is going to happen here? And they do it multiple times. Do they not think these man animals are going to go and help Barry Pepper or go see what's going on in this room? I mean, the whole thing is they they always underestimate the humans, but to the point where they treat them as, like, beyond dumb. Like, it doesn't make sense that he thinks that he could learn the language. You know, and you know why it's dumb that they don't think that they can be smart enough to do this? Because in the next scene coming up, he introduces him to the library that int- that teaches him all about humans. Yeah. Have none of these alien idiots read any of these books? Yeah. They would know that rat is not their first choice <laughs> of food. <laughs> also, it's pretty ridiculous where they're trying to access the man the man animals are trying to access this secret area where all the weapons are and you know Barry Pepper he's like um He's like John Nash now. He's like writing down all the stuff on, on the floor. Like he's known that he knows the compounds for water and he knows, you know, the isosceles triangle angles. Yeah, he, he knows everything. the equilibrium triangle. I was like, well, yeah. what the hell? They're like, how does this help us escape? And I was like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> he's talking about like the code that's on the on some of these things. And it's like, oh, it's an eight-digit code. Try this. And it doesn't work. And they're like, oh, it must be more sophisticated than that. Do it backwards. Do it backwards. Like, oh, what? <laughs> and it works. There's just so some bloody stupid. Rosetta Stone here that just... Gives him all the answers he needs. Oh, man. I, I am so... I'm, I can see... I can so see why this is so low on that on that bottom 100 list and why no one ever has really liked this film. It's so boring and dumb. Yeah. It's not stupid. Like, a lot of these really bad films are comedies. Oh, yeah. All your um, parody movies and your... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This isn't. This is not trying to be funny. This is a serious action sci-fi that is so boring. This here is where we, the first real plot hole, I guess, with this. It's been a thousand years since the alien race have taken over and mankind is, you know, starting to become extinct. This library of all these books and all these, all this stuff here are a thousand years old. I don't think books are still in super mint condition after a thousand years. Just a little bit of dust on them. Just, just brush it off. It's all good. Yeah. I've I've had books that are like, (laughs) like a month old. And they're already, like, turning yellow. Yeah, okay. I I get where you're coming from, though. 
Oh, this, that's not even the worst part in regards to the thousand years. But back to Earth, the the one, you know, single female, you know, you talk about the Bechdel test here. She's going to go out on her own and find out what's going on. Next scene, she's captured. <laughs> we don't even see it either. No. She just shows up coming out of the ship. I was like, okay. Uh, yep, okay. And even here, like, this, this Barry Pepper guy, is he not one of the worst heroes ever? He's shocking. This scene here where it's like, uh, uh, I don't know her at all. She's, you know, particularly hideous or something. They're just like, oh, I agree. You- it's like, oh, ho, ho, funny. Oh, how much evil laughter is in this film? Yeah, I mean, Travolta lives for that. Ah, 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 ah. Pie May. <laughs> nice. Um, but this bit where he takes the, the like, exploding collar. Yeah, he puts, puts it on it, the guy. Puts it on the guy, and Barry Pepper's like, no, please don't do it. And he's like, okay, I won't do it, but you can never ask me for another favour ever again. And it's like, what? It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Since when did he have this reserve favour he could use for anything? Like, oh, <laughs> He's got one lifeline. Now it's done. <laughs> I didn't say... I just said I wouldn't do it. Did you know that was coming? Of course. Yeah, of course okay, he's going to do that. I, I thought that was so um, telegraphed. And then, of course, you don't see it. You hear the explosion, then just slow-mo. No! No blood spray either, mind you. Nah, nothing. Exploded nothing. from the neck. No blood spray on the people. This is a PG-friendly film, Dean. Mm. But of course, like just before this, you have all these other man-animal tribe people come running out of the bush randomly, and they just decide, yeah, we'll we'll join the war. It's like, I don't even know you. Who are you? Yeah, they've never met these people before. Hey, we're gonna rise up and defeat the aliens. All right, count us in. Yeah, and they 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 come back later and they tackle. Or one of them tackles John Travolta down. Barry Pepper gets his gun, points it at him, and he's like, no. Because he realises that if he kills him here, he's just going to have more of them come after him. So he wants to try and, you know, get in, get involved and start the war from the inside. Yeah. This is this is Kelly Preston's one and only group, like scene in this film. The long as tongue. This wi- the long tongue. And they're talking about how you promised me we're going to buy a big house and that. It's like, you're not humans. Yeah. You're aliens who live on some weird-ass planet. Yep. I mean, I'm sure they have houses, but yeah, it didn't look like they were not. I mean, do they have to have houses? I mean... Somewhere to sleep, your own space, start a family of stilt walkers. You know the boring scene of Travolta trying to blackmail the massive chins guy? I kind of, I, I don't even know what they were talking about. So he gets him to sign these blank- I wasn't asking. These blank, like, pseudo pieces of paper. And it's like, but if you have my signature, then you control the planet. He's like, exactly. <laughs> of course I have to explain it, because I wouldn't have known. <laughs> so here's where they go to mine for this gold, this little gold strip that's the Forest Whitaker tried to hide from Travolta. I think that's what they were arguing about. And he gets all the man animals to go and mine for them. Which, by the way, why didn't they all just do that in the first place? If they're capturing all these humans for no reason whatsoever... Just to imprison them, why don't they take them out there and get them to mine the gold for them? Why is John Travolta's plan so frowned upon? They're too stupid to, you know, wave an axe around. I don't understand. Like, why do they, like you've already said it, why do they think humans are stupid? They have a, they've seen evidence out there on Earth that they were capable of doing things prior. Or maybe they didn't. Maybe, obviously, they haven't seen Fort Knox. They haven't seen all the fighter jets and the flight simulators and all the shit we're about to find out. So they go out to mine, and Barry Pepper has the ingenious idea of splitting the group up and then start to talk to all these Did you understand this? So he splits the group up, and one group will go and mine, and the other group will go to Fort Knox. But the group that who are mining aren't actually mining anything. It's like, wait, what? Why even send them? No one's watching them. <laughs> no, no, Travolta's watching them, apparently. He showed the camera. He's like, I remember, I'll be watching you. He flies to another city. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? They're just giving this ship to him that he can do what he wants? Uh, I got to say, I, th- I, I think one of the only small specks of goodness in this film was when they're flying and they're talking about what state they're in. It's like, they can't be in this state. I haven't seen the line on the ground yet where it cuts off the borders. Like, no, nah, it would have faded over time. I thought that was probably the best line of the film. That was terrible. I'm not saying it was the it was amazing. I'm saying it's the best line of this film. You should be ashamed of yourself for any, <laughs> any bit of praise for this film. <laughs> but you know, you know what we're going to do here? We're going to go and find all these fighter jets. 
these fighter jets that are in pristine mint condition. I don't know about you, but if one thousand years later, if I don't start my car for a month, it won't start. Okay. <laughs> oh, I leave my car. I leave my car lights on accidentally overnight. And I can't start it the next morning. These fighter jets. Uh, this flight simulator. Immacu- oh yeah, of course the flight simulator still has. What is powering this electricity here I, in this I, flight I, simulator? I, I have no idea. Who's I, I have no the idea. Bills, Hendo? <laughs> this thousand-year-old bill. Maybe they forgot to turn off the electricity before they all got wiped out. Doesn't make sense. <laughs> Nothing makes sense in this film. Let's go. Hang on. Let's go. Let's go to Fort Knox and get these gold bars. It's just open. The doors open for them. It's fer- it's perfectly fine. The gold bars are sitting there, nice, nice and perfect. That's Fort Knox. Did they just decide to leave Fort Knox open before the whole planet went extinct? Did you want some Ocean's Eleven style uh, heist here? Did you? <laughs> what? I'd expect something better than every single door, every single vault is open. We can just walk in. I mean, I'm glad we didn't have to see some stupid explosive explosions uh, going off. Shouldn't have been here. I love Travolta's reaction when he gets given all these gold bars. He sends these, you know, Neanderthal humans basically out to mine. They come back with pristinely made, perfectly You had time to smelt them? (laughs) Perfectly uniform gold bars. And he's like, unacceptable. It's ridiculous that he th- he thinks they're absolutely stupid, yet is just fully on board with the fact that they were able to smelt these bars into gold. I don't think these humans would understand the word smelt. How did they smelt these? I don't understand the word smelt. What the hell is smelt? <laughs> <laughs> How do they get fires hot enough to melt gold? And then put it back into perfect blocks. It doesn't make it just, sense. <laughs> nothing makes sense in this film. My head hurts. But the battle just begins. After after Thank Travolta God. yeah, after Travolta shows the bartender's head, it's on. Yeah, we get a long fight, which thankfully uh meant I could stop making any notes because none of this shit is relevant. <laughs> I mean, you have slow-mo, like you mentioned before, Matrix style, running through the corridors, everything blowing up. I mean, you had these weird alien things that have been shown to be incredible shots, but yeah. now they've just become stormtroopers. Yep, and thank and God. And, of course, Barry, Barry Pepper is an awesome shot. He picks up a gun. He's just learned to use it like a day ago and just takes them out in one hit every single time. Yeah, that's good. Is it? I don't know. Can we just skip to uh, the guy sacrifices? Oh, actually, his two mates kill themselves for this thing. So Tig kills himself to blow this dome up. Which no, was... I want. I want to go. I want to go back to all these Neanderthals being able to properly function fighter pilot jets, like Independence Day, showing up, just floating in midair, like they've had, you know, years and years worth of training. I don't think it's easy. Of... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's that easy at all. I don't think you know, uh, three days on a flight simulator makes you a perfect fighter pilot. Yeah. So, so Tig blows up the barrels that say explosives on them, and the dome doesn't break. And he has this backup set of barrels that say explosive on them. Why didn't he just do it all at once? Who knows? But he doesn't make it out alive. No. And then we got this other blonde guy who I don't even know. If, do these people have names? Well, it, no. I mean, Tig was ooh-ooh. <laughs> he, he kills himself. Uh, oh, but hang on. You don't even want to mention the names. You got Barry Pepper, who's this, you know, they're, they're, they've got back to the primitive state. They are Neanderthals. His name, Johnny. Johnny Goodboy. It makes no fucking sense. (laughs) Anyway, anyway, let's get back to this guy who takes a nuclear bomb. By the way, how is Johnny a nuclear expert now, Mm. right? He knows everything there is to know about human-made explosives, mind you. It's not like you could say, oh, he learnt it in the chair. right? These are the human-made explosives, okay? He knows everything about these things. They get sent back and this one nuclear bomb blows up a planet into dust. Not like a city, you know, like it would actually do. An entire planet explodes. (laughs) It's like it's Alderaan. Yeah, you see the whole planet just like (laughs) turn to like fire before it all just disintegrates. Yes. Maybe it was all the gas in the air. Maybe that's what What caused it to... (laughs) (laughs) If it was a gas planet, how can they live there, Hendo? (laughs) I, I don't know. I don't know. In their nice houses. <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk about Travolta being absolutely terrible. How does he not know that he's put an explosive on his arm? Do they actually not feel anything? Maybe that's their thing. They do- they have no feelings. Man, he's such a fucking dropkick. Blows his own arm off. 
Yeah, with no reaction. Like, there's no pain, there's no blood. It's just, it just disappears. This ending is awful. Extremely awful. I mean, at least we get to see Fort Knox. Is there really that much gold in Fort Knox? I don't know. It's a lot of gold. Yeah, he gets to live with it all now until the sequel. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah. Got to finish it with a, you know, an evil laugh again from Forrest Whitaker. Man, I'm so over this film. Yeah, I know. It's done. Do you have anything else to add? Any last words? Yeah, I got some words for this movie. Fuck you. <laughs> Half a star. Yeah, I agree. Half a star. I was I was going into it thinking, all right, it's probably going to be one star. Like, don't be too harsh just because it's known to be one of the worst movies ever. But seriously, there's nothing redeeming about this. And those fucking Dutch angles drove me insane. I, I was the same as you. I, I tried to go in like, maybe this could get to a one star. But as when it finished, I'm like, what actually would put it at a one star? I'm trying to think, is there anything redeemable about this film? Is the acting good? No. Is the cinematography good? No. Is the story good? Don't be stupid. Is the action good? What the fuck action? This whole movie is... I cannot believe people put this thing together, looked at it, and said, we've got a winner here. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. And we, of course, aren't putting it in our rankings because, you know, that just skews the system a bit. But what we would like to say is that this show is brought to you by our awesome patrons, Dean, who have been supporting the show for over two years now. And, uh, man... Uh, I know we had a couple of patrons who uh, refused to watch Battlefield Earth for this week's episode. Uh, I don't blame you guys. I don't blame you at all. Those are the intelligent ones. <laughs> <laughs> so on our Patreon, we do have a weekly patron-only podcast we release, including different film series, such as the Harry Potter film series, for example. We also do specific films requested by our patrons, and this week coming up is from our awesome patron, Brother Shane, and he has selected Doubt. Yeah, this is without doubt. Uh, one of my most anticipated films. Ah, oh, maybe that's a bit uh, a bit high. It's just it's a film that I know Brother Shane really likes that I haven't seen, so I I am keen to watch this. Yeah, Brother Shane has mentioned this film several times before, so I wasn't surprised at all when he did select this film for this choice. So if you'd like to support the show, we have several different tier levels with varying rewards and benefits for as little as a dollar a month. Just head over to Patreon.com/slash/TheMovieJourney. All right, mate. Let's get to. We may still have mail. Mail, mail, mail. Here it is. And this could be it. Oh. Where we have our awesome patrons put in reviews for the films we discuss. And some of the brave patrons out there did decide to put in some reviews for Battlefield Earth. So let's take a look at their reviews here. First one from Mr. Chris Beardsall. Awful in every sense of the word. Battlefield Earth is not only bad, it is also incredibly boring. But having said that, there is something wonderful about trying to figure out what the fuck Travolta was aiming for with his performance. Have fun, lads. This is the first time I won't be watching a film before hearing the breakdown. I just can't put myself through watching that dumpster fire of a film again. Fair enough. Fair enough. Next review here is from Julio at the Contrarians. A lot of talented people misfiring on all cylinders. It happens, but what's baffling is that Travolta still goes to bat for this movie. He still thinks it's good. Yeah, Insane. I mean, delusional. Delusional. Now, thank you guys for those reviews, but of course we've got... Now, Dean, we've had Shane reviews for pretty much every film so far. Uh, I think the only two we missed out on was the very first one, Die Hard, and when he decided he didn't want to watch Hutchie, which I don't blame you, mate. I really don't blame you. He not watch Hutchie? No, we didn't get a Hutchie review from Shane. Has he seen it now? <laughs> he <laughs> <To> has. this day? <laughs> he did watch it. He kind of agrees with me, and I don't, you know, I mean, it's the right call. But it's always been a written review that we've read out. Until now, three years in. We now have audio reviews from Brother Shane, and uh, we've got it right here. Here is Shane's review of Battlefield Earth. Battlefield Earth's infamy is legendary. There are no mixed reviews. There is no grey area. There is nothing to debate. The only people who seem to enjoy this movie get their kicks out of treating it as a so-bad-it's-good movie. I, on the other hand, happen to enjoy Mr. Travolta's vanity project upon its release... Okay, so I've been telling myself <laughs> I was 12 when it came out. Had a look up at uh, the release day on IMDb, 
Turns out I was 15 and I gave it an 8 out of 10 at the time. For, for context, I also gave Pulp Fiction a 5 out of 10. Oh, so God. apparently I had no taste in movies until I was at least 16. Battlefield Earth today, unfortunately, is not an 8 out of 10. No it shit. isn't, however, the masterpiece of awfulness that its reputation precedes. I, I can see all the problems with it. Bad cinematography, cheesy dialogue, the use of slow motion, poor special effects. The story is slow and a bit boring. Do go but on. For me, at least, it's not horrendous. I can think of many other movies I wouldn't rather watch, even from the year 2000. The Cell, Shaft, Little Nicky, Way of the Gun, and of course the worst movie of 2000, and maybe even the decade, would be In the Mood for Love. Thanks, Dean. Battlefield Earth might be bad, but it's no Hong Kong romance. One and a half stars. What the fuck? (laughs) That's ridiculous. Wow. You couldn't just leave it at, yeah, I, w- I would rather watch this over Little Nicky. I- okay, I can understand that argument. In the mood for love, worst movie of the decade? Come on, Shane. Oh, man. I hope to hear more riveting insights from you, Brother Shane, coming up. <laughs> oh, 15, 8 out of 10. <laughs> All right, mate, let's get to... That's my question! The question, jerk! where we asked everyone, what is your favourite film from the IMDb Bottom 100? Now, our top five is going to be our worst films from the IMDb Bottom 100, but let's see what you awesome guys had to say out there. Now, this is from our Facebook listener discussion group and our patrons, so if you want to get an answer out into the podcast, head on over to our Facebook listener discussion group. Plenty of good conversations over there, movie-wise, different polls, questions, lots of good fun over there. All right. First up on the Facebook discussion group, we have Michael O'Neill, who says... The Dunkachino scene in Jack and Jill gets a lot of hate, but people forget that Al Pacino is ashamed of it in the movie. Okay. Also, Full Court Miracle is the only good Hanukkah movie that I can think of, so I appreciate when Sandler attempts to add more to the list. There you go. There you go. Bit of a Sandler fan. I mean, aren't we all? I mean, yeah. To a degree. All right, John Johnson says, I think the only faves I have off that list are Mortal Kombat Annihilation and The Avengers. And I didn't hate the earlier Captain America flick, though it made a few missteps. The rest, though, ugh. Geely and Speed 2 need to be much further down the bottom. Next up, from Paul at the Countdown, Mac and Me is an unfairly maligned masterpiece. Not really, but it has a great score. the oh, fucking hell, Paul. And contains <laughs> a couple of the unintentional funniest scenes you will ever see. Yeah, it looks like David Powell uh, commented on that one, saying and it gives us almost two decades of Paul Rudd trolling Conan by using that clip for every movie he's ever promoted. You ever seen any, any of those clips? No, oh. I've never seen Conan. <laughs> Jesus, Dean. Anyway, awesome patron Georgia Watson says, Honestly, Crossroads is a movie that I would watch again and again. I was obsessed with it as a kid. Julio from the Contrarians podcast says, My God, I've seen 12 of those. Three of them in theatres. Unlucky. Cats and Crossroads deserve some love. The music in Cats is great, even if you don't know what a jellicle is. And Cross- I don't think anyone knows what a jellicle is. And Crossroads features Captain Christopher Pike. God damn it. I don't know what that is. Neither do I. Sam Hurley at the Movie Reviews and 20 Qs says, I mentioned The Room on Twitter, which is obviously insane, yet rewarding, and one of the highlights of my podcast was interviewing Greg Sestero. But The Wicker Man, Barbed Wire, Catwoman, Mortal Kombat Annihilation, and Batman and Robin, I would watch over a lot of other quality films. If you're in the right mood, they are really easy to wallow in the insanity and just enjoy for how rubbish they are. Scott Murphy says, I don't know if any of them deserve any positivity, but there is a bunch of them that I enjoy the heck out of due to their hilarious badness and have watched them several times. The Room, Troll 2, Batman and Robin, and a couple of others. Also, I can't believe I've seen 36 of these. That's high. That is very, that's ridiculous. Luke James Human says, Speed 2 Cruise Control has a better villain than Speed. Totally watchable for Defoe alone. That's, um, that's rubbish talk. B Dizzle at the We Watched a Thing podcast says, I would just like to point out to everybody that Tommy Boy is not on this list. Do you think it's interesting that he felt the need to point out that Tommy Boy isn't on this list? Perhaps a lot of people expected Tommy Boy to be on this list. <laughs> a lot of people have been shitting on Tommy Boy, one of Billy's favourite films. And for this month in the What Else I've Been Watching segment next week, uh, I will be doing a review of Tommy Boy as part of my favourite movies with Billy being the pick this month. 
As well as I was just on We Watched a Thing with B. Dizzle himself talking about Borat's subsequent movie film. So get over there and check that out. We'll leave a link in the show notes. Last one on Facebook here from the aforementioned before, David Powell says, Crossroads, Exorcist 2, Sharkboy and Lava Girl. Don't belong on a list with the rest of that shit. They're all fine movies for what they are, and Spice World is a masterpiece. All right. Well, why don't we head over to our Patreon and see what our other patrons had to say. Yes, Brother Shane says he's seen 13. Superman 4 is good. The best is probably The Wicker Man. All right. Chris at the Rough House podcast says, I've only seen four of these, and in order from least worst to worst worst, Batman and Robin, Speed 2 Cruise Control, Mac and Me, and Captain America. Chris Beardsall says, I'm surprised to say I've seen 20 of these. Spice World is a fun time capsule. It's incredibly campy, but not worthy of the status of one of the worst films ever made. Speed 2 is kind of watchable too. All right. Hayden Gerloff says, Master of Disguise is a pretty stupid comedy, but if you're in the right mood, it's watchable. A few laughs to be had. And Mortal Kombat Annihilation, that's the one that jumps out as a needed rewatch. Also, don't remember Dumb and Dumber when Harry met Lloyd being that bad? And lastly here from Nerdrovert, I've seen 21. 22 if the MST3K episode of Manos the Hands of Fate counts. And uh, what is that? Manos the Hands of, Th- of Manos the Hands of Fate. I think that's like the four, number four on the list. Ah. There must be an episode from that that talks about it. As for my favourite, no shame in saying it's without a doubt Batman and Robin. Superman 4, while not great by any means, is also a decent watch. All right. Thank you, everyone, for putting in your responses. But we're doing the opposite here. Dean, we're going to do our top five worst films from the IMDb Bottom 100. And as usual, we'll kick it off with you, mate. What is your number five? See, this is hard because I went through and I counted how many I've seen and I know I've seen 14. I'm pretty sure I've seen 15, but I I know I've seen 14. Some of these I don't remember. Like Speed 2, I saw probably when it came out and it was fine and now everyone says it's terrible. How do you rank a film like that? I mean, you have to rewatch it. I think you should go do that. Yeah, I'm not going to. Uh, So for me, again, like I've seen... Spice World, Kazam, they're not making my worst five because I don't remember a thing about them. So my number five is Cats. Okay. I, I mean, obviously I can't disagree with you there. Yet. Yet. My number five is Kazam. Yeah. My number four is The Room. Mm, okay. My number four is Spice World. So you remember it? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I saw it several times when I was younger. All right. You don't need to embarrass yourself. I believe you. <laughs> Uh, number three for me, Disaster Movie, the number one lowest ranked film on IMDb. Mm-hmm. Number three for me is Baby Geniuses. Yeah, I haven't seen that. Uh, number oh, it's two, riveting. Number two, Battlefield Earth. Number two for me is Disaster Movie. And my number one, can you have a guess, Hendo? Oh. A film near and dear to your heart. To my heart? Man. I mean, I'm just trying to go through the list here. I mean, it could be Fifty Shades of Black. There it is. <laughs> Fifty Shades of Black, the film you got me to watch because you liked it so much, which, you know, noticeably not on your list. Uh, yeah, Fifty Shades of Black, worst film. Fair enough. Well, my number one is today's breakdown, Battlefield Earth. What a giant turd. Yeah, can't argue with that. All right, and since we don't have any tournaments going on anymore, we decided to bring back a uh, an old segment. DVD Challenge. Let the games begin. Challenge accepted. Let the games begin. Yep. <laughs> oh, I love that. God, it's been ages since I heard that. All right. So what we're doing here from now on is we're going to do a little mini draft every week where we both pick two films based off the theme of the question that we were doing and put it out on a poll. And the total percentage that the two films get will be our total percentage How's that for a sentence? So we did already do this where we drafted two films from the bottom 100 each. And Dean, you went first. And what did you choose? I chose Batman and Robin. The obvious number one choice. So I went next with two picks and I chose The Room and Mac and Me. And what did you follow it up with? I followed it up with Battlefield Earth. I thought maybe there was a chance, considering all the love it was getting on our vote, that people actually would get around it. And in the end, the polls did have it in that order. We did have Batman and Robin, then The Room, then Mac and Me, then Battlefield Earth. Batman and Robin, like, cleaned house, 45% to The Room's 36 So it's really a case of how the, the uh, next two films did. And Battlefield Earth hit a 7%, which put Dean at 52% overall. So, Dean, you do win this draft. Well done, mate. Thank you. I actually only just now realised that the second movie percentage counted, so thank you. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. 
So what that means is we're going to be doing uh, best three out of five, I guess. So the first one of us to get to three wins gets to choose a film for the other person to watch. So we'll keep a running tally on this and see how we go. That's fine. Can we clear up the films that we both owe each other to watch, though, in the next three weeks? Yeah, that's fine. I mean, I can watch Cats in the next three weeks. might and take I, me three weeks, but I'll I, do it. And I guess I can watch Chunking Express. I know. I guess <laughs> <laughs> from the director of the In the Mood for the In the, the Mood for Love, like this movie of the decade, In the Mood for Love. <laughs> so, what's next? All right, Dean, and next. Well, next week is Pod v Pod 44, I believe. But after that, it's starting into the month of December and we're starting it off with the random number generator because we've got a couple of different things going on in December. So I think it's my turn to roll the dice, isn't it? Sure, we'll go with that. All right, between 1 and 250 here. And we've got 59. Oh, that sounds high. Let's see what we've got. Oh, okay. We have the German film, The Lives of Others. Ooh, all right. All right. I, man, I think I saw that, I think, four years ago now during the uh, the first run. Okay. I mean, it's interesting. A t- interesting. 2006 film. I think I saw it in 2006, if I had to guess. Wow. All right. So this will be essentially a first watch for you again? Yeah. 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 All right, that's going to do it for Battlefield Earth. Thank God. Happy three-year anniversary, Dean. Thank you, Hendo. You, you haven't too, really I said anything about it. I mean, we've done three years. I think we've said enough. And here's to many more. <laughs> and many more. <laughs> All right, next week will be Pod v Pod 44. We'll have another awesome guest on. But after that, we're going to be doing the lives of others. So thank you very much, everyone, for checking this episode out. And we'll see you next week for Pod v Pod 44. Bye. Bye.